This is where we uncover the simple traditions that successful business owners are doing every day to build a successful home life while still taking the lead in their business. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Wanda Howard, and I am really thrilled to be in our to be able to introduce you to Karen Marshall. We actually got connected through a Jody Moore business convention. And when I heard her speak, I loved her message and I knew that everybody here could benefit from what she does. And one of the things that we're going to talk about today is the fast track to success for our kids, which is such a valuable topic just because we're, we are in such a fast paced world and the key to it is usually to slow down. <laughs> and so I'm so excited to what we're going to dive into today. And welcome, Carrie. Tell us about what you do and how you help people. Well, I'm so excited to be here. My name is Carrie Marshall, and I am a master certified coach and goal expert. And I really get to help people go after those big goals that they've always wanted to accomplish, but maybe they've got stuck doing it, or they just haven't set the time to do it. And so I get to coach people on setting and accomplishing those really, really big goals. And I'm so excited to talk today about our kids and how we can really help them with their own goals. Oh, I love that. And one of the things that stood out too with your presentation and everything is when you're saying big goals, I feel like a lot of times people label big goals as like, whether it's in their career or in their life as realistic. And one of the things you talked about is the big goals means the unrealistic goals that we can actually make possible. Absolutely. And realizing that um, those big goals can be different for everyone. We all have different and eight desires in, in us that we want. Like, I don't want to go and be a basketball star. I never have. But that's when we talk about those big goals and desires. It's looking for your own desires so that we can connect those. And really, it's where the most magic and fun happens in our own lives. And we can teach our kids how to do the same thing. Oh, that's so good. So I wanted you to tell everybody the the car story, because I think that's an amazing story of just bringing back the fun into our goals and celebrating what we're trying to accomplish in our life. Yeah. So uh, my husband and I love to just sit and talk about, you know, childhood dreams or things that really we've always wanted. And so one night we were talking and we just so happened to mention like, what car did you want when you were little? And I mentioned to him, I said, I fell in love with this car the moment I saw on the, on the road. And it was a H1 93 Hummer. And when I said that his eyes got big and he said, really, you wanted a Hummer? And I said, oh, absolutely. It was like a tank on wheels. And he said, he said, that's so funny. I've always wanted a Hummer. And so we started to talk about like, what if we got a Hummer? Like, what if we found that dream car from our childhood and we were able to get it? And so we kind of started to dream and have that desire for it. And as we kind of started to set that goal, we decided we wanted to pay for it in cash. We wanted to have this specific white H193 Hummer. And so we just started to look for it and just kind of keep our eyes out. It wasn't something that we were really focused on but we did have a lot of fun and it happened a lot faster than we thought. These are not cars that are in production anymore. They're very hard to find, but my husband actually found one while I was on a trip 
And he FaceTimed me in our driveway and said, look what I have. And he turned on the FaceTime and there was this H1 Hummer. And it, it was just such a fun thing that we had set the goal, talked about it, and then really went to work, letting the magic happen of like, we're invested in it, but we're not so, so tightly wound around it that we are obsessed with it. And so, and it's been fun. It's such a fun car to have. And it is as slow as molasses. <laughs> My kids always say that if we're going to drive the Hummer to school, that we need to leave early, but it, it, the very first time we rode in it with our entire family, I was driving, we had our music pumped up from when we were kids. And I just sat and cried the whole time because it was a goal that had been realized. And it was amazing to include our entire family in that goal. Oh, I love that story. And so tell us why, why do you think it's so important to not just set realistic goals, but also the goals that are big, outrageous, just for fun? Like, what does that do? What do you see as you coach your clients? How does that affect the rest of their life? Well, we start to include things like, like I said, like experience, and it's not just about money. Sometimes people get really burnt out from setting these goals that are very specific around things like the promotion or getting money or business or weight or things like that, where it seems like we definitely need to get it. But then once we get it, it's like, well, what was the fun there? And so as we go after kind of these, like I like to say, like fun or funny goals, What we do is we start to infuse that number one, it's okay to want what you want. It's okay to have desires that don't make sense to anybody else. And then third one is, is we start to get in the process of seeing that you really can accomplish whatever you set your mind to, and that it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. It really can just be for you. And it doesn't need to, you don't need to justify it. It doesn't need to create anything but an experience or fun or things like that in your life. Oh, I love that. And it it really helps build the connection too. I feel like as you shared with um, you and your husband, when you wanted this car and your husband lit up like, hey, I do too. When we have these crazy, silly, just off the wall desires and we find another person that wants it too, it just makes it so much more special and beautiful to us the, uh, I wasn't going to share this, but it's actually so applicable. So I'm going to share them. Um, when I was a little over 16, I don't know why this became so important to me, but about that time I realized I really wanted to meet a guy who loved old trucks, old beat up trucks. I didn't want it to be polished. I wanted it to be an old model to be super beat up. And that that was his baby. And I just remember people kind of like over and over saying um, that don't be, don't get hung up on that. Like, that's not a big, important thing. I'm like, yeah, if if the right guy comes along and he doesn't have a beat up truck, I'm not going to say no, but it was just something I wanted. And then when I met my husband, he showed up for our first date in an old white beat up truck. And that was actually something that was super important to him too, was a girl who liked old white beat up trucks. And so I think things like that are so special when it comes to just verbalizing what we want. And so what you're doing is incredible because like you said, when you realize and can actually put into motion those outrageous goals, it 
it connects the rest of our life into it and it creates this momentum that's exciting again. And I think a lot of people need that right now. Exactly. And, and like you mentioned, it's like when we can actually verbalize our outrageous desires and really just want what we want, then we start to come into alignment with people and experiences and places that are going to make that happen. Just like I mentioned with the basketball thing, Um, one of my clients really has a desire to do that. And so I'm like, well, where are you putting yourselves where you're going to be around that type of environment? And it's very different than the environment that I'm going to be in versus my desires. And so when we even talk about our family, that's why we want to start to talk to our kids about, well, what are your desires? Because if we continue to see that if our child has a desire, but it's not aligning with like where they're hanging out, who they're with, all of these things, then there's going to be a disconnect and it's going to be harder for them to get where they need to go and where, and have those desires actually realized. Oh, that's such a perfect segue too, into like, how can we actually start to implement the um, tactics of, of helping our kids create that kind of just rhythmatic process in their life? Mm -hmm. So one of the first things that we need to do is we need to listen to what our children are telling us that they love. And if we have really little children, what we want to do is we want to actually get them to have experiences with a lot of different things. So one of the things that I see is that families will start to identify themselves around hobbies and they'll start with like what mom and dad like. And then they'll say, well, we're a, you know, we're a football family. Okay, well, what about the child that doesn't love football? Like, what are we doing and how are we actually engaging with different things so that we can let our kids um, explore? So one of the things that we did when our kids were really young was um, a local a local uh, community center had um, where they could try lots of different sports in like one season. So they were playing soccer and they were playing baseball and volleyball and all of these things. So we were like, this is great. We'll have our kids do all of the things and see which ones they like. And so to remember that experience is really important when you have young kids, you know, you want to be able to take them to uh, community art classes or have them, you know, go to a friend's birthday party where they're doing something a little bit different. Because when we can start to create experiences for our kids, and there's so many free things out there that we can do, then we can kind of start to see where they're getting drawn to and what's lighting them up, not just what we do as a family. And that's an important thing. I have three daughters and two of my daughters dance and one of them plays soccer. None of those things were on our radar. I always, I always told myself I wouldn't be a dance mom. But when I noticed that dance was something that was important to my daughter, we have to go and go all in with their desires. We have to see that it's not up to us to what I call is the wet blanket effect of like saying like, oh, well, we don't do that as a family. If you as a parent are not willing to get yourself out of your own comfort zone to help your children desire, have desires and reach goals, then you are going to block them from realizing these kind of big audacious things that they want to do. Yeah. And it's so amazing to me how this topic is actually super controversial of like parents putting their kids into sports and dance and all of these things. And, and what I love about what you're saying and that I think will actually give a lot of people a lot of hope is so many times as parents, we fall into this category of, I 
my kids need to be successful now. Like we need to get them in something and we've got to get them the best and, and got to move them through the process so that they don't fall short in life so that they have the best in life. And it's all out of this place of love, but because we feel this like huge urgency to get our kids into those programs, we, we end up putting a lot of friction in our relationship. We end up putting a lot of blame on ourselves for not knowing how to make this work better. But when you do what you're saying, uh, just listen to your kids, watch what lights them up. It becomes a lot more of a release and a fulfilling process. So that's so good. The other question that I had though was how, so what brought you to this point? What was, what did your parents do to help you get to this point in your life where you go after those outrageous goals, you're able to recognize what lights up a kid? Like what was the foundation you were given? So in our home, we were taught that hard work was always going to be successful. It didn't matter where you were going. If you could have hard work behind that, that you would be you could, could succeed in anything. Um, my parents were really great at supporting us um, in some things, but there were some things that would scare them a little bit. Like my brother was a really amazing artist. And at one point he said, like, I really want to be an artist. And so for my mom, that really almost scared her. She was like, well, and so we would talk about like the backup plan, right? Like art is a good hobby. Um, art is something that, you know, is fun for the side or whatever. So we did have those types of things, but then we were also told that once we found some things that lit us up, they would go all in, but we were, we were, we were required to do the hard work. So I started snowboarding when I was about 12 years old and I loved it. My mom made the commitment that she would, as long as my grades stayed up, she would take me out of school during the winter season every single Thursday. But I had to show that I had A's in all of my classes. So every single Thursday, I would get to go snowboarding and my mom was a skier, so she would take me. So her and I got to spend time together every Thursday and do this thing where we got to snowboard. But I had to do the hard work. I couldn't just go up and dink around and play around. Like my mom was like, what did you learn? What are you doing? How are you showing up um, as a good person on the hill? Right? Like she was like very, very engaged with the hard work that needed to go into. And so I learned how to wax my own snowboard, tune my own snowboard, um, take care of my mom and her skis. Like I needed to do the work in order to make sure that I was being successful at the, at the thing. And same thing with my siblings. We were totally great to do whatever we wanted to. My brothers were rock climbers, but we were in charge of making sure our equipment stayed clean, making sure that we were safe, all of these things. But what we loved and what was really a great foundation is that as soon as we decided on something, we had to stick with it for a certain amount of time. We weren't allowed to jump from thing to thing. And that's one thing that I see with parents and kids right now. Kids are so used to going from thing to thing to thing. Their brains are wired very differently, even with social media and how they're taking in and consuming information. It's very different. And so we have to kind of think about when our kids are excited about something as a family deciding what you want that to be. Are you going to have a certain amount of time that they need to stick with it? Are you just going to jump from thing to thing as they get interested and not interested in things? Or are you going to make them fully committed for, you know, an entire lifetime of dance or whatever? And that's one thing that you really need to decide as a family. 
and it will help fast track your family. If you can figure that out from the very beginning, that's really going to make an impact on how your kids show up and, and how they uh, actually have an experience with whatever they're doing. Yeah. And it's really good too, because what you're saying is because you had to put in all the work as a kid, I think that's a perfect blueprint to help other parents be able to identify if it's something that does light your kid up. Because if your kid is willing to put in that work and is taking the initiative, is the one asking to go out on the ski hill, like then you can know, okay, they're not losing interest. They're not, even though they're going through the hard things, they're still coming back to it. So I think exactly. Exactly. And it just goes to show that the timeline, like we said, if you're interested, then you're then effort. So interest will equal effort. If there's no effort that's being made, then when we talk about parents, we have to see. And of course, as parents, sometimes we will drive. We will be the driver that's saying like, no, you've got to get to soccer practice. No, you did commit to this. But really watch and pay attention to where your kid's effort is going. And if it's aligned with their desire. So as parents, sometimes our kids have a desire. I just had one of my friends post about his, his son is doing soccer at a very competitive uh, phase. And he said, I had to remind my son about his desire because his effort was waning. And so that's as parents, our, our job is to make sure that alignment is happening with desire and effort. Are those two things matching up so that we can really support our kids in what they're doing? Oh, that's so good. And then, so what would you say to the parents who they can tell that their kids aren't interested in what they're doing? There's a lot of friction in getting them to events. Like they want them to succeed. Maybe their kids are at a certain age where they feel like, well, if we stop now and start something new, will they be able to progress fast enough? Will they be able to really get into this? Will they be the newbie? And because of, you know, the just feeling like the, in outsider that they won't put in the work for it. And all those concerns that come with starting something different, what would you say to help them feel like they can know what steps to follow in order to get their kids on the fast track to real success? So I like to do something called checkpoints, which is where you'll actually set a time to have this conversation with your teen or your kid, where you can actually have an honest conversation because a checkpoint shouldn't be happening the day that piano lessons are happening, like five minutes before you're supposed to be there. That's when you and your child are going to be the most emotional. They don't want to go. You've paid for it. All of these things. And I know that so many parents identify with this. So tell your child at that moment, like, let's set up a checkpoint time where it's not during the piano time where we can actually have a conversation about what's going on for you and what's going on for us. And so at that time with a checkpoint, what you're going to do is you're going to talk specifically about why. So why do you want them to stay? What is your why behind having them continue with a sport? And then to be open and listen without having to justify or convince them of their reason to want to quit or their reason to want to continue and you want them to quit. But we want to have these checkpoints in place so that we can continue to talk about why it's important. And when it goes to starting something new, I like to offer that go all in with something new. If you have both decided, let's say that that your child does want to quit piano and they want to start something else. 
they want to start to play the cello, which is very different. Well, if they're a teenager, oftentimes what we say is like, well, this will stunt them. They won't have this. They won't have that. But you don't know that for sure. And so what you, what you're doing is you're forecasting into the future. And it's almost like a doomsday, like, oh, if my daughter quits dance and she starts soccer, then she'll never do this. And she'll never do that. That might be true, but it could also be the one thing that actually propels her forward. She might meet a different group of people. She might do this. So really make sure that you're not doomsdaying into the future as you forecast your child stopping something. Um, my oldest daughter just started soccer and she started when she was in ninth grade, had never really played soccer until that very, like when she was a toddler, right. In that community, that was the last time she played soccer. She decided to play in ninth grade. And I had all of the thoughts. She's too old. Who's going to want her on the team. Who's going to like most of these kids have been playing since they were five, but it wasn't true. All of it wasn't true. She, she was able to make a team. She's able to progress. She's had an amazing experience with the program. And if I would have pulled her back and said, that might be scary, you might have some discomfort, then I would have actually stunted that desire of hers instead of allowing her the natural consequences of working hard, showing up and committing to something, and then watching what could happen there. Uh, so good, especially like the the principles that you've just shared with everybody. Each one of them has this element of how to slow down. So taking those checkpoints that you don't have to make it this big ordeal or add more to your schedule. Like it's just a place of where you can breathe, where you can evaluate. And then also as your kids are, when you're open and have that conversation, I think it allows you to see those steps of um, just like key little places that you can slow down in or why it feels like it's so much friction and just mm-hmm. identifying that friction will help the pieces fit together better moving forward. So what is it that you do um, with your kids now that you have all of these things in place? How do you keep those momentums going and what does that look like? What do you do on a day-to-day basis to keep them engaged in their life? Oh, I love that question. So one of the things that we do is every single morning and every single evening, I ask one question to all of my kids. And that question is, what do you need to do to set yourself up for success? And so that's when we're having conversations about, you know, oh, well, I'm behind in school because soccer is taking up so much time. Okay, well, what do you need to do to set yourself up for success? And we, I do it in the morning and in the evening, because it's interesting to see how they start the day and they'll say, um, I really need to do this and this and this and this. And then by the evening, my daughters will say something like, I really just need to slow down. Like I really need to. And so yesterday, my daughter said, um, when I was talking, she just had a soccer game. I said, what do you need to do to set yourself up for success? And she said, I really need to ice my feet. And probably just sit back and like read a book. Like I'm so overly stimulated and I was like, amazing. But it was very interesting because her success in the morning and her success in the evening are going to be different, but it's good for her to have those places to understand that sometimes she's going to push and sometimes she needs to pull back and relax and just take a moment. 
And so that's one thing that we do with our kids. The other thing that we do is we have these moments, these checkpoints where we'll say, where are your desires at? Have they changed at all? And then are you struggling to stay engaged? And then we set goals. And these are always goals that they set themselves. Now, my kids are between the ages of 10 to 15. So they're older. And if you have little kids, you might want to set help them set goals. But I needed to drop the expectation that my goals, what I want them to do is very different than what they want to do. And so that's part of that, like releasing the older our children get, the more that we need to have them create things that they're becoming independent so that they can see that they can set a goal, go after the goal, fail at the goal, because it will happen, and then adjust and adapt and get back into it quickly. Uh, And it's so, so vital, I think, that daily practice of asking them what they need. That's beautiful, especially as parents, we oftentimes don't even know how to listen to our own senses of what we need, how to get to success and, and what our own bodies are telling us. But already during that practice, your kids are noticing, oh, I just need to put my feet in the bath and I need to take a break. And so it, again, it allows that like conscious effort of slow down, breathe, don't think about the doomsday, like life will keep going on. There's always time to learn new things. So it's so good. So before we end, I want to ask you, um, what is your last piece of advice for the parents who really want, um, who really want to set these kinds of principles into their home, but it wasn't something modeled for them. And it just doesn't feel natural to have these kinds of conversation. What can they do to get started? I'll tell you the one thing that kids want is kids want to be included. And you'll notice this from the time that they're really young is they'll come. And if you have people over for dinner, maybe all the kids are playing, but one kid comes and sits on your lap. It's because they want to be included. They want to be part of you. And so if you are struggling with how to have those conversations, remember that your kid wants to be included They want to be included in their own life choices. They want to be included in family choices. And so start with something really small that you're okay with your kids having opinions around. You know, if you're okay, ask them what they want to wear to school or ask them what they want to have for dinner. Um, Include them in things so that they can start to feel like it. But what it's doing for you is it start starting you to see that you can talk to your kid, (laughs) that they are okay to talk to. And it doesn't matter how old they are. Um, If you have a teenager and you've never done this process before, this is a great time to just sit down and say to your kid, like, what do you want? And I will tell you the very first thing that they're going to say is it's all, it's going to be silent or they're going to say, I don't know. And that's, what our, our kids' brains do. And so don't take it personally when your kid continues to say, I don't know. But what I want to offer you as a parent is your job is not to get frustrated or force it out of them. Your job is just to ask one more question af- af- after the I don't know or the silence. And that's just, if you were to know, what would you want? Like if they, if you say, well, what goal do you have? I don't know. If you were to set a goal, I just want you to think about what that would be and then just offer. And when you think about it, I would love to hear what it is. Drop that you need to know everything right now. And really the one thing that I want parents to know 
is that you need to drop the expectation of what a goal is supposed to get your kid. Because oftentimes we're starting our kids off in these different things and setting goals for them, thinking that it's going to get them a scholarship or this or that. And sometimes we don't know exactly what the outcome is supposed to be. So be willing to see that the outcome is supposed to be different for your kid. I have one of my clients that has a highly, highly successful daughter in dance. And this year she has been injured the entire season. That has been the most challenging thing that my client has had to watch her daughter go through. But on the other end of it, she has watched her daughter go through struggle, um, anxiety, depression, but she's also seen that now she's become a mentor from the sidelines as she's been able to show up for her dance team a different way. And so remember that the outcome might look different, but that as a parent, your job is not to judge it. Your job is to watch and observe it and then help your children see the blind spots that they're not seeing and sit with them when they're frustrated. And that's okay. And I love how it just stems from a very simple step of just starting the conversation and being curious and letting it take their time, becoming that curious three-year-old of why, 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 and waiting for answers. I love that. So Carrie, if people are listening to this and they're resonating with what you're saying, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? How can they work with you and be part of your world? So one of the best ways to get in included in my world would be two places. Number one would be Instagram. I love interacting with people on Instagram. I answer all of my direct messages. <laughs> so if you're like, I'm stuck with my teenager or my little kids, how do I do this? Absolutely come over to drive your thoughts coaching. And there's like underscores all over the place. You'll find me. if <laughs> You just put in drive your thoughts coaching. Um, And just DM me, tell me that you've heard me on this podcast and connect with me. I'd love to help you out. And then the second place would be my podcast, which is drive your thoughts, coaching podcast, where I really dive into goals and all of that. And then of course I coach people and you can find all the information over at driveyourthoughts.com. Oh, awesome. And I will be sure to leave those links down below. Thank you everybody for coming and we will see you all next time. I am so glad that you were able to be here and discover more with us of what it means to be a successful parent. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rate interview so that we can reach more amazing parents who are looking for ways to truly succeed with their kids too. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at WandaHoward.Live. If you're like, holy cow, this was amazing, but I have so many more questions, then send me a DM with your biggest takeaways and all of your questions. I'll be sure to take care of you. Have an amazing day and I will see you in our next episode.